Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank. Glad to be here with you. Look, I know this time of year, honestly, the listenership this particular week tends to go down. People are with their families uh, celebrating. Um, for those who celebrate Christmas, we just, my family, we came off of Hanukkah a few weeks back, and that's a time for us to celebrate together as family. Um, but we are in a time where they saying, I just read it a little bit ago, that this is the loneliest time for so many people in this world. I was out earlier today and um, I, early this morning, a friend of mine, or actually, excuse me, my brother and sister-in-law coming down with, uh, with uh, COVID. And um, I uh, have a friend of mine who who had some uh, help that we were able to get to them today. Uh, of course, they don't have the the needle, and like so many do, and uh, we were, I was so thankful for this friend. And um, when I was over there meeting him early this morning, I ran into a homeless man I've known for, I don't know, a long time, 15, 7, 16, 17 years. Uh, my wife and I have been involved in homeless ministry. And um, this guy, he, he's been homeless so long, he doesn't even know how to actually live in housing. It's, it's very difficult for people who have been homeless for certain periods of time. After They say after one year, it gets diff, more and more difficult for a person to get acclimated back into society and, and normal living once they've been homeless more than one year. Uh, it can be done, don't get me wrong, but it gets more and more difficult after that one-year mark passes. Well, I was talking to Al today, and the one thing I've always loved about Al, he's had his struggles, he's had his ups and downs, but there's always one thing that Al has, and that's Jesus. And today, this morning, when I saw him out there, I said, hey, Al, I looked at him and, and I started talking to him for a second. And next thing you know, he says, hey, man, jumps up. We started talking, telling me that he, how, you know, he'd had a heart attack a little bit ago. I hadn't seen him in a little while, and um, but he was doing better now. And how good the Lord is to him. And he was just sitting there in a gas station where they had a table and he was reading and everything. And no matter what happens in this man's life. No matter all his struggles up and downs, he always has Jesus. What an inspiration. What a testimony. And, and there's so many people today, there's so many complaints, so many things are going right, and everything's wrong, and they, this, that, and the other. And here's a guy that's got nothing, and, and yet God's still everything. And it boosted my spirits just seeing him today and being lifted up as a reminder from a homeless man of how good our God is. Well, folks, he's very good. And there are some people, though, right now that are struggling tremendously with sickness. And uh, and I thank you. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for those who had prayed in the past for my family and me. And I'd been sick for a little bit. And uh, praise God, I got over it. Uh, we had mentioned, or someone, maybe in those in the show comments, but want to keep Brother Jamie Walden in prayer. He is starting to turn the corner and getting better. I got a message just for a few minutes ago from him. And uh, that his healing would be complete in his family. And just cover them in prayer. Also, um, my brother and um, my sister-in-law, remember, they're the ones who had the baby that was born premature. You all came together, remember Nicole? He was, he was supposed to have all kinds of problems. He Today, you would never know that that boy was born that 
young. I think it was 27 weeks, maybe it was or something. And he looks as normal, Luke, and healthy today. And I praise and bless the mighty name of Yeshua for that. Because God worked such a miracle in little Luke's life. And uh, so keep his parents in prayer for healing right now. And we believe that in Jesus' name. But I've got a friend today, my wife and I, um, we went down to Roanoke, Virginia to visit a, a friend of mine, Gene. Uh, Gene's from Haiti, and he's a good brother, friend of mine. And um, he uh, had a stroke, a mild stroke the other day. He had a, a vessel pop in his head. He had high blood pressure, and uh, it, it blew. And um, he had it was it was it was pretty rough. But but he and he is he is back, getting his normal faculties back together. But he he's um I went down there to visit him in the hospital today, and. Even though he's been through all this, this man's lost a leg in a car wreck. He's been through a bunch. He still praises and thanks God for everything. And folks, I see these people who have so little. They've been through so much. And yet their praise is still so magnificent. In the midst of all the things that are going around, they remember who God is and they don't care what this world gives them because as long as they have Jesus, they have everything they need. And I want you to please keep Brother Gene uh, in your prayers for healing, for complete restoration. And uh, he has been just a wonderful and dear brother of mine for years. And, and I just thank God for him and all the others that you've prayed for, for Todd and, and, and all the other ones we've brought up in this program. God is good, and he is in the business of healing right now. And also my sister, who's been out of jail now for over two years, she's been out of prison. And we're just thanking God. I just talked to her this morning. And praising God, she's, she's, been, she's been working steady for a couple of years, and now she finally even got a better job. She was faithful in the job she'd had. She'd worked at uh, Bojangles for a good while. Now she's got another job, moving up, making some more money. I'm telling you, folks, God is in the business of saving and healing and restoring in the midst of the tragedies that we've been in. So let's pray and get into the subject I want to talk about tonight, which I believe is so utterly important. Father, in the name above every name, Jesus, we ask that you would help us, Lord, to understand the power and the magnificence of who God is. Lord, may you become so huge in our lives. May you become so big that there is nothing you cannot tell us what to do, Lord. That we would understand that our God is, our Father is greater than their Father, those that are of this world. Lord, like when we were kids, my dad's better than your dad. We understand that, yes, our dad is truly better because he's God. Lord, may this program tonight be according to your will. May your healing go out upon those who are in need of healing that we've mentioned on the program tonight. Brother Gene and my brother and sister-in-law and and keep little Luke safe. And thank you for Jane. Those who have prayed for Sister Jane, she was on death's door a few weeks ago, and she has been healed. An 80-couple-year-old woman who did not succumb to what the world was telling her. She didn't take the, the needle, and now she is better. She's been, Lord, healed. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you, Lord, for the prayers of the family of the remnant call, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, my father sent me 
uh, a, a picture, I guess one of these little messages, picture with some words on it. Uh, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. And it said something so simple yet so profound. And it's a quote by C.S. Lewis, or of course it's attributed to that. I haven't even had looked it up, so look it up yourself. But it simply says this, obedience isn't legalism. It's a symptom of salvation. Let me read that again. Obedience isn't legalism. It's a symptom of salvation. Powerful. One little sentence, yet so powerful. And I noticed today that so many people, those who call themselves believers, are afraid to obey. Well, they don't mind to obey, but don't want to obey too much because that would be legalistic. But I usually find that the legal times that you're called a legalist is when you are trampling on something somebody else wants to do. So as long as you fall into harmony with another person's behavior or another person's ideals, then you're not a legalist and that's okay. But as soon as you start following something in the word of God that that begins to make someone else feel uncomfortable or, or that person in order to follow that word of God may need to adjust their life or their work in order to do it, then all of a sudden you become a legalist and you're trying to work your way into salvation. And that's just silly stuff. I want to read to you two simple scriptures out of the book of Revelation. The first one is this, Revelation chapter 13 and verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So here, now let me preface it with this. Folks, I do not believe in replacement theology. I never have. I never will. It doesn't exist. It's unbiblical. It's from the devil. According to Romans chapter 11, whether you're a natural born Jew and you've been broken off or you're a wild Gentile, contrary to nature, you both have to either be regrafted in or grafted into the root. That's it. There's no difference. Both have to be a part of the root. And if you know anything about gardening and the grafting process, that makes perfect sense. So we're not talking about Jew. We're talking about actual believers because whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, you have to accept the Messiah. And here's the characteristics of those who the devil is mad, are mad at. Those who not only follow and have the testimony of Jesus, but those who also keep God's commandments. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And those who didn't keep his commandments, you know what he called them? He called them liars, that they were just lying. They were speaking. It's kind of like your parents say, okay, listen, I don't want you to go out after nine o'clock. Yes, dad, no problem. I won't go out. I won't, you know, I won't, or, or, I won't do this or I won't do that. And then you go and do it. And your parents are like, you know what? You say that you won't, but you really, you really don't care. And you say that you love me, but if you actually loved me and cared for me, you would do what I say. Now, parents, they love you unconditionally anyways, and they care for you. But the truth is that if you love somebody back, see, if, if you were, if you had a girlfriend 
all right? And you were madly in love with her. And she said, hey, I don't want you going around and doing these things like that. And you, you wouldn't do those things because you, you were in love with her. And she would know that you cared because you separated yourself from doing those things which displeased her. It's the same way with God. We don't do things that displease our Heavenly Father. It's also in Revelation uh, chapter 14. Or it says this in uh, Revelation 14, starting in verse 12. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Faith and obedience. They go together. You see, I get a lot of flack sometimes because I'm a Sabbath keeper. I don't really care. Now, I don't hate people that aren't Sabbath keepers. I don't believe people are going to hell because they're not. The truth is, though, I do it because I believe that's the right thing for me to do. And I don't care what you say. I'm going to follow and do what I believe is right. But I get flack from people because they call me a legalist simply because I decide to rest on a certain day of the week that I believe God wants me to rest on. And it just blows my mind how that angers people when I have never criticized them for their day of worship that they on. But they will criticize me because I decide that I want to rest. Now, I don't keep Sabbath to try to get saved. I was saved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When I got saved, I did not follow Sabbath keeping. I, when I got saved, I was a meth addict. I did everything wrong in the world. I got saved simply because I cried out and I accepted the forgiveness of God. That's how salvation came. Not because I was following and keeping certain things. But then over time, as I read and I studied and I learned the word of God, I began, to, and in my heart began to change, I started to make changes. Now, a friend I one time said to me this. He said, I don't not drink because the church says I shouldn't drink. He says, I drink anything I want to. I just don't want to drink those things that are bad for me anymore. What he was trying to say was, because he had gotten to know God, his heart had changed. And because his heart had changed, he no longer wanted to do the things that were contrary to God's word. He didn't want to be a drunkard anymore. He didn't want to do those things anymore that God says don't do. But we so often look for that way out. And and I don't understand why obedience is so often called legalism unless you're on the other extreme now. And trust me, I've been around those groups. I had to leave those groups. I've tried to fellowship with people that did so. I, with some, I remember I was with a group of Sabbath keepers uh, back there. I, now, I have lots of friends that are Sabbath keepers, but I was with a group that was more in some of the Hebrew roots movements and all that stuff. And all they did was argue and fight and fuss. And I had to leave because I recognized one day, I said, the spirit of God is not in this place. You can obey yourself right into hell if you want to. Because, folks, the truth is, there'll be Sabbath keepers in heaven. There'll be Sabbath keepers in hell. There will be all kinds of people that will be in places that they never thought they would be and that their simple obedience was not able to save them. But if the Spirit of God is missing, then there's no point. 
You're just simply following something. And, and listen, let me, let, me, let me say this. You can be blessed by simply obeying because blessing comes from obedience. That does not mean you'll be saved. Only Jesus can do the saving. You see, if I asked many people, especially listen to this program or others that are call themselves believers, if I said, do you believe that Jesus is coming again very soon? They'd say, amen. No doubt. They believe that. They absolutely believe it, and they'll tell people they believe it. But here's my question. Many, and I observe what they actually do after they say that they believe, doesn't really reflect what they believe. Now, Brother Frank, are you judging? Hey, listen, I don't judge salvation. That's between you and God. But I judge things that are right for me and my family. You've got to judge every day. But you can't judge and then go do the same things that you judged other people for. You can't say don't go and steal and then you steal. The Bible is very specific. We are to judge righteously. This judge not that ye shall be not be judged is, is so misunderstood. The Bible is very clear too. We are to also judge, but I don't judge where you're going to end up. I don't know your heart. That's between you and God. But the Bible is very clear. It says that by their fruits, ye shall know them. I can remember when we lived at our old house before where we're at now, about five miles away from here. And we would always walk on the roads and uh, on the back roads. We are on permanent back where I live. Everything's a back road. Um, but we would walk up and down the road. And I remember there was this one tree. It was just ugly. You know, and, and I knew a, a little tiny bit about trees. I knew about like what an oak and a maple tree, you know, maybe a spot of locust or something else. But I'm not, I was not a treeologist, okay, or whatever you call that. I only knew a few trees, but this one tree is so ugly out in the middle of this field until I'd finally walked by at a certain time of the year. And all of a sudden, I began to see things hanging from it, walked by a little bigger. And next thing I realized, hey, this was a pear tree, okay? It was ugly as can be until the day I saw the beautiful pears being brought forth. Did I understand what type of tree it was that I was dealing with? You see what I'm saying? You see, the outside walk is so often... um, reflective of what the inside relationship with God is. Why am I bringing this up? Well, let's look at the word of God and see what it says here. Revelation chapter 22, starting in verse six, it says this. And he said unto me, these things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I saw John these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of this prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. 
He that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So here we are. The angel there is with John, the revelator there. And they are saying, the Lord, he's seeing the Lord saying, these things are faithful and true, right? These are the things that the holy prophets uh, sent, everything that was said before, keeping the sayings of this book, keeping the th- words of God, the things that he has said. God says, those are the people that I'm coming back for. It's not about legalism. It's about those who love me actually do the things that I say they're supposed to do. Back to the beginning of what I just mentioned. If I told you, or if I asked you if Jesus was coming again soon and you said yes, would your life reflect that Jesus is coming soon? Let me just ask you a few questions. If Jesus is actually coming again soon, will it affect the way that you live and plan your life? Will it? If Jesus is coming soon, do you think that it's important that you should share this gospel with other people? I don't know. If Jesus is coming soon, do you think it's okay that he may instruct you on what he wants you to do in these last days prior to his return? I'm just asking these questions because what it boils down to, as I was talking to the man this morning, the homeless man that I've known for years, as I was talking to Brother Gene, the question is, how big is your God? That's really the question. How big is your God? Is he big enough to tell you what to wear? Is he big enough to tell you what to eat? Is he big enough to tell you what to do? I'm just asking these questions. How big is your God? Because if he's God, he should have the right to tell you whatever he wants to tell you to do in your life. You see, when you look at the commands of God, look at it, look at the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments... The first four deal with our relationship with God. The last six deal with our relationship with man. Now, let me ask you a question. What in those commandments are grievous? Well, nothing. There shouldn't be a single thing because according to the very word of God, he took those commandments and he wrote them on our hearts that they should not be grievous. But think about it. God gave us those commandments for a few reasons. One, they describe some of our relationship with him, but they also provide protection for our neighbor. You see, if everybody followed the Ten Commandments, you would need no police. You wouldn't steal from your neighbor. You wouldn't steal his wife. You wouldn't dishonor your mother and father. You know, you wouldn't murder and kill people. You would not need a police department if everybody followed the Ten Commandments. So I'm trying to understand how that would be legalism and following God's commands. I don't get it. I don't understand why people are so upset. Back to the original thing. How big 
is your God? Is he big enough to instruct you what to do? You see, folks, we have talked about for so long in the Remnant Call about what's going on in this world, how to get prepared, what to do. The question is, will you finally do it? The question is, will you actually take that step? The question is, is God big enough to instruct you on what to do in these last days, such as prayer and fasting? And listen, folks, there's a lot. I know people have different teachings and things can get confusing. I understand that. So let me give you a little word of advice, okay? You don't need to take people's words for stuff. What you do need, though, is to take the word. And the best way to figure out how to do certain things in God's word and how to follow them is by spending time with him. If you don't understand a subject or it's not as clear, that's okay. Read his word, pray fast, seek his face, ask him what to do, and he will guide you in the ways of righteousness. You see, God is about restoring the right ways and living in his way. You see, it's back to that thing this morning when I met Al. Hadn't seen him in a few years. Homeless for years. Some people would say he's been alone at times. Very lonely. But see, Al is not alone. Al is never alone. Because God is always with Al and Al is always with God. So he's not lonely. Yes, there are some ups and downs, some hardships. But when a man who's got all these things happen over and over, he's been this way for years, he's had struggles, ups and downs, and yet the first things he always talks about is how good God is. That man is not lonely on December 24th, even if he is alone. You see, because God is big enough in Al's life, that Al can trust him with no matter what God says he's to do. You see, folks, the Lord has a plan for each one of us. These days are dark. You're right. These days are evil. You're right. These days are full of confusion. And here's the thing. God is not the author of confusion. So at any time you're feeling confused Anything on this program, stop. Just stop. Let's shut off remnant call. I don't care. Go back and read the word. Spend time with the Lord. This program should be nothing but uh, pointing you to the Lord. The remnant call exists to point you to our heavenly father, to point you to his son. That's the reason this program exists. It doesn't exist to make money. It doesn't exist to build an empire. It exists to point you to the Lord. And if you never get to know who brother Frank is in your entire life and you never meet me, that's okay. It doesn't matter because if you know Jesus better because of this program, then mission has been accomplished because all I want to know at the end of time or in the kingdom is that because you listen to remnant call you grow closer to your God that's what I'm desiring and following him and obeying him is a wonderful thing now here let me give you an example there are times in my life when I never worry about obedience I'll tell you why 
because sometimes we can get all hung up on the on crazy stuff that's unbiblical unbiblical obedience you got to be careful folks what kind of groups you get in people will put bondage and yokes on you that they shouldn't and that and folks it's so simple all you got to do is start seeking the Lord for yourself and he will guide you in the right ways and what he wants you to do but let me give you an example of when I never ever ever worry about obedience when I'm in the mission field you see when I'm in the mission field and I'm in the mountains of Africa and I'm 5,500 feet up in the mountains and I'm going door to door. I'm on feet. I'm up and down the mountainsides all day long. I don't know whether I'm going to be dedicating a baby, asking God to miraculously heal a goiter off somebody's neck or to, or to, or whatever the sickness may be or, or deliver, you know, whatever the, whatever the problem might be. I never know what I'm going to run into because you don't know in the mountains what you're going to run into. But when I'm in the thick of it and I'm spreading the word, I have to pray every day. Lord, I need you. I need your help. Lord, I don't know what I'm getting ready to go into. And when I get in that mindset of prayer, when I get in that mindset of mission, I never think about obedience because I'm living in the very will of God. You see, folks, proper obedience, it'll put you at ease. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm just too obedient. I follow the Lord too closely. This, no, nobody says that silly stuff. Now, there are people who have bondage and yokes on them that are not biblical, that are burdened like they were when they came back from being captives in Babylon and they had made up all these 300 and some additional commands to Sabbath keeping and the Lord had to come back and just break all that garbage off because it was unbiblical. It had nothing to do with the Lord's original command. But the people had put a yoke. Folks, don't ever let a man or woman put a yoke on you. That's why God offered us a new living way that we could come directly to his throne without a person, without an intercessor, because the one intercessor that we come with is Jesus. Nobody on this earth needs to bring us to the throne. We can go directly because the intercessor is Jesus himself. He will be there. And the spirit of the living God makes groanings for us that we can't even understand because sometimes, folks, your prayers, you just feel like you don't even know what to pray. Listen, God knows what you need. His spirit, he understands what we need. And he makes intercession. I want to encourage you to follow the Lord, to obey his commands, to start doing the things he asked you to do. Don't hate somebody because they don't agree like you do. Don't be angry with somebody because you keep Hanukkah like I, I keep Hanukkah and they keep Christmas. Folks, I have my beliefs and I stand strongly in them. But I don't hate my brothers and sisters that that don't always see things. We, uh, we arrive differently. Sometimes it takes us years before we finally get some things. And that's the grace of God. He doesn't make us figure out everything all at once. We learn over time, but we must be open to the truth. And when the truth is presented and it is, we have an obligation then to check it against the word like a good Berean to pray about it. Don't cast the baby out with the bathwater, but actually pray about it. And then we follow the truth. Folks, don't be afraid of, of, of finding out something, because if you are diligent to test it in the word, don't be afraid of getting your foundation, uh, uh, you know, shaken, because if your foundation is the word, it can't be shaken. Be willing to test things. 
Try things. Look them up in the word. Test the spirits as the Bible talks about. And the Lord will lead you in the right ways. I know that there are many who are suffering right now. And I know that there are many that feel unworthy. But I want you to remember something. God came. Jesus came to this earth. And you know who he chose? The most unworthy. Look at the disciples. They were a disaster with a capital D. Fighting for position. Fighting for favor. It was like a corporate, uh, it, was, it was like the corporate ladder trying to be climbed. They were a disaster, a mess, and yet those are the ones that God chose because he knows that he can choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God is a specialist in saving those who look unsavable. So I don't care whether what your position is or I mean where where your situation's at, what you've done wrong, how far you think you've strayed or you haven't obeyed or whatever it might be, it doesn't matter if you will turn back to the Lord. Repent and cry out. He is faithful and just to forgive. And when we follow his commands and his teachings and do the things he asks us to do, and it's done in the right way with the right spirit, you you know what you'll suffer? Joy, peace, long-suffering, all the fruits of the spirit. And then when somebody comes against you because of what you're doing, it doesn't matter because you no longer will get your value from them anymore. Learned that wonderful lesson. My brother, David Murray, uh, helped me, didn't even know he was helping me to understand who I truly am and how to get my value from Jesus Christ. I thought for years I knew what that all meant until one day the Lord had to intervene and wake me up. And understand that I had an issue back then. I loved the praise of men and I didn't even know I loved it until the moment I didn't have it and I was crushed by it. I thought I, I, I subconsciously thought I was humble and didn't care about men's praise. But boy, when they attacked me, I was devastated. And Brother David helped me to understand because I was getting my value from people. That's why they could hurt me. But then when I learned to get my value from Jesus, it doesn't matter what you say now because you don't own my soul and you are not the one that determines my salvation. I have that firmly in my heavenly father's hands. Folks, I want to encourage you to do the things that God asks If you messed up, repent, turn around, come back. It's okay. Don't be hostile towards the word of God, but instead follow it. Don't let a man put or a woman put a yoke of bondage on you that doesn't exist. Spend time reading his word. Forget what people say for a while and actually learn from the Lord. That's what the apostle Paul did. He learned the gospel not from any man. No, he went and spent like three or was it three or three and a half years down in at Mount Sinai, and he learned directly from the Lord. Folks, 
God is still in the business of teaching. I want to encourage you, keep your faith, keep strong. Listen, if you haven't subscribed to us on Rumble, please do. This program will be up there. We want to keep moving over and transitioning. I got to get with Benjamin soon here. We are going to do some Rumble-only programs. We'll not be on YouTube because, well, we know why. They'll get cut, and we don't want to do that. And so please subscribe, follow, and we will transition slowly out of this. But, folks, I need you over there because the Lord, I don't know when this channel is going to come to an end for the remnant call. But until then, we will keep going faithful. And if you'll keep following us over to Rumble, we'll say goodbye one day to all of this ridiculousness that the mind of Google tries to control through their artificial intelligence and monitoring everything. Listen, let me let me just close with one thing It's on my that's, that's on my heart. I, I'm, a, I'm an IT guy, okay? I own an IT company. I've been in this business for a long time. I know technology, okay? I know a lot of things about what's going on in this world because I do it every day when it comes to technology. And I'm going to tell you right now, Gmail, Google, all those things, they monitor everything you do. And now they're getting into censoring documents and everything like that. Get your stuff out of that. Get off that platform. Maybe one day we'll talk about some more secure platforms that you can get onto, but get off of Gmail. Get off the Google platform. I'm telling you, it is dangerous, and they track literally every single thing you do. Uh, And folks, it's very important. This was a dangerous world we live in and the enemies and the hackers work through these people that allow your information to be out there and sold on the dark web. Folks, I I just ran the other week for companies. I did a scan on the dark, some dark web scans for companies, their businesses. And then I sent over and showed them the report of all their passwords I found and pulled out of the dark web. It's... You don't understand what we're dealing with. If you don't know, want somebody to know where you're surfing and going to, let me. Get, I don't carry VPN, whatever. Let me tell you something right now. Don't go there. Simple as that. It is a dangerous world we're living in. Be careful. Watch your digital footprint. That's why I don't have personal um, uh, social media and all that stuff. I don't do any of that. My family, we don't do that. You know why? Because I understand the risks and the danger. I'm probably the one, one of the few business IT owners that has a, a, a sizable IT company that I'm not even on LinkedIn. I'm not even on these things. I have people say, hey, let's run an ad you know, for some products we have. Let's, let's run a campaign on LinkedIn for you. I don't do it. I don't do it. it. Just doesn't happen. Because I don't need my digital footprint out there. The Lord has been able to get me by for this long. I like to keep it that way. That's why I have mail to a PO box. That's why I do all these things like this because folks, I don't need my stuff splattered all out there. You should be the exact same way. Listen, folks, this is a war. Let's get in the battle. We're going to fight it on our knees and by the grace and the glory and the power and the blood of Jesus, we will have victory. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountains.
Though I'm trumpet in 